Today's podcast is sponsored by the people at Aura.com. Now, Aura offers identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all in one easy-to-use app. This means that if your online accounts or passwords are leaked online, you'll be alerted quickly, which means that you can be secure from hackers, scammers, and noisy advertising companies. The narcissists are everywhere. Literally, a friend of mine signed up and Aura found his passwords nine times on the dark web. So go to Aura.com slash Dr. Carter. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash D-R Carter. And use my link and you'll receive a free 14-day trial. And if you continue, then you'll be able to save an additional 40% off all plans. So thanks to the people at Aura.com for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. This is Michelle, the Program Director, and I would like to start this episode with a short introduction. For those of you new to this podcast, Surviving Narcissism is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. This week, Dr. C's topic will be What's going on with the passive-aggressive narcissist? Well, hello again, everybody. They're on Team Healthy. I'm so pleased to be with you one more time. I'm going to be talking with you today about a topic that, all right, I'm just going to say it straight up. It just drives me nuts, okay? And that's the topic of passive-aggressive anger. You know, there, there are so many different ways that a person can manage their strains and tensions and stresses and frustrations, but I suppose there's hardly any form of managing that that's, that's more futile than the passive-aggressive style. You know, it's possible whenever you have strain and stress that you can just go into a real openly aggressive form of anger, and that's ugly enough. That's awful. And many of you have been on the receiving end of rages and accusations and lots of loud arguing, and I don't want to minimize that in the least. But then when we get to the people that go into the passive-aggressive form of anger, they've already decided in advance, you know, I don't know that I need to do that. I don't want to be an out there kind of a person because you see that's too transparent. That's too um, open and it's too easy to uh, to just pinpoint that person as being the troubled individual. And, and I need to have a, a much better kind of image than that. And so they go stealth. They they manage their anger in a, in a hard to pin down kind of way. And it's frankly a, a very deliberate tactic that they use. Make no mistake that narcissists are sitting on buckets load of anger. They're frustrated. They don't like people in front of them. They don't like the way that things unfold. And so they they have all of this tension that they carry on the inside, but it's like, mm, if I am open about it, if I express directly what I feel, then that uh, sets me up to uh, to engage in a type of competition that I don't know that I'm going to win. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep people guessing. And I, I guess the thing that, about the passive-aggressive style of anger that just bugs me the most 
is the fact that it's so dishonest. Uh, at, at the very least, and I'm not a proponent at all for the openly aggressive form of anger, but at the very least, when a person is loud with their anger, it's like, well, there it is, you see it. But with the narcissist, it's like, no, I'm going to let you assume certain things to be true about me, but uh, I'm not going to really expose the real me. And there's a deep commitment to dishonesty that goes along with the passive-aggressive style of anger. And I imagine that there are many of you right now who are listening to this that are already nodding your head saying, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Dr. C. Um, basically, when we talk about the passive-aggressive form of anger, we're talking about people who must, it's not that they want to, they must be in control of you specifically, or they're obviously trying to be in control of their own emotions, but they're wanting to control you. They're wanting to make you squirm. They're wanting to make you feel uncomfortable. They're wanting to give you a message that says, you don't measure up to the agenda. You're not even worth my time. And so it's a very control style of communication, but of a stealth nature. The passive-aggressive narcissist has decided, I want to be the least vulnerable on a personal level as I can possibly be, but I want to be the, I want to have the greatest amount of invalidation toward you. How can I pull that off? You see, you're not worth open discussion, but I want you to know that I really do hold you in disdain. I really do think of you as being a loser or somebody who's just not worth the effort. And so there, there's a great deal of insult and condescension that goes along with this. In addition, when people go into this passive-aggressive style of managing their inner tensions, it allows that person to have the highest potential for denial. And again, this goes back to that dishonesty factor. For example, when, a, uh, when that passive-aggressive person is, is being real wily and cagey in the way that they engage with you, and then you point-blank say, we're having a problem here, aren't we? And, and there's something here we need to discuss. That person can look at you with a straight face and say, what are you talking about? No, <laughs> you're reading things very wrong. And inwardly, they're just chuckling. They're having a party inside. It's like, oh, I have you so going. And, and they love it when they're able to deny what's glaringly obvious to you. But uh, the behavior on the outside doesn't necessarily match what they're trying to say. And so it, uh, the passive aggressiveness allows them that extra measure of uh, manipulation and exploitation. And then likewise, these individuals stay with the passive-aggressive style of anger uh, in, uh, because another benefit, if you can say that, is that it allows them to sidestep accountability. You know, if, if a person yells and screams and curses and, and just has a wild explosion, then at some point, uh, common sense would say, well, you know, I, I can't keep doing that. That's not going to get me too far. Uh, although some folks don't have a, enough of a conscience to go there, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, whereas with the passive aggressive, it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to do anything out there that's loud and vulgar necessarily so that I have to be held accountable for it. And, uh, so you just, you're just not going to know enough about me to be able to take me into court and produce all the evidence, so to speak. You see what I'm saying? Or there, there's enough of a crazy-making element that goes along with the passive-aggressive style that they know it's going to prompt 
a raw reaction from you, which means, okay, now you're the one that's going to have to be accountable to me. Ooh, this is working out really well. And so that's that manipulative style. Along with the passive aggressiveness, there's an, an unwillingness to assume personal responsibility for whatever conflict might be there. One of the, the primary indicators of narcissism is the unwillingness to take responsibility for, for personal problems. And so the passive aggressive style of uh, anger management fits very nicely there. It's like, this isn't about me. This is about you. Look at you. <laughs> and then there is lots and lots and lots and lots of disdain that they're sitting on and uh, to the point of contempt, and they're able to nurture and uh, grow that crummy emotion, go figure, um, in that stealth kind of way. So when I say the passive-aggressive style of anger drives me nuts, <laughs> do you understand what I mean? And I, I can imagine that there are times when you'll say, oh, yeah, uh, same here. Now, just to make sure that we're on the same page, I'm going to jot, I mean, I'm going to uh, go down a, a whole list of, or litany of, of ways that people might express their anger in a passive aggressive way. And th the thing about the, uh, the illustrations I'm going to give you is that many times on the surface, it doesn't give the appearance that anger is going on, which is part of the genius in a devious kind of way of the passive aggressiveness. So, but, it, but make no mistake, oh yeah, there's lots of anger that's there, but it's just in a disguise kind of way. So here's some things we're talking about. When a person is passive aggressive, they may decide, well, what I'll do is just, I'll be silent when I know that you want to hear from me. In other words, okay, uh, uh, this is my uh, um, willing non-cooperation. They love to give the silent treatment. They love to just stare holes at you or look off into the distance. Or another ex illustration of the passive-aggressive style is they can make lame excuses for the purpose of avoiding activities that you want them to do. For example, you, you may say, hey, join me over here. It's like, well, you know, my, my toe hurts, or I, I, I'm expecting a phone call. <laughs> and you're over there thinking, just be honest and say you don't want to do it. Oh, no, I'd like to do it, but I have some other things that might come up. And, and so in, in their passive aggressiveness, that's a tactic they might use. Uh, another strong and very common indicator of passive aggressiveness is um, being a procrastinator. Uh, I, I remember talking so much about a, uh, a husband and wife that came into my office and the husband was constantly procrastinating. Well, I'll, I'll get to it and it never would happen. And finally, I just looked at him and said, what are you angry about? And he had this deer in the headlight look on his face like, oh, cold busted. And so what are, you, what are you so angry about? Because basically what you're saying to your wife here is you bug me. And every time you procrastinate, it's your way of saying, just get off my back, but you're not willing to say that. So let's go ahead and talk about it. What's, what's going on inside? Procrastination is a form of anger. And, uh, and uh, likewise, we can also say another form of uh, passive aggressive anger is laziness. That's another way that it uh, plays out. It's like, I don't even want to make the attempt to you know, join you idiots over there. And so they just kind of become a couch potato or just don't, get, don't do things that need to be done. Another way that uh, these people can convey their anger in a passive aggressive way is they're known for saying yes even though in the end they know 
I'm not going to do it, <laughs> but I'll say whatever is expedient in the moment. Or they uh, they may do tasks in a manner uh, that they know is not going to suit you. So you may say, would you help me out with this? And then they uh, they go about helping you out, so to speak, but they do it in ways that, that run counter to your objectives or your preferences. That's their way of saying, uh, do you get the message now? But it's, it's uh, very much that dishonest form of communication. Another passive aggressive tactic is they may complain about you behind your back and talk about you to everyone else. And then finally, when it comes time to sit down and talk with you, it's like, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I've already spent all of my uh, emotional energy talking about you when you weren't here. Or another form of passive aggressiveness is just basically saying whatever the other person wants to hear and then doing whatever you want to do. It's like, well, do you like... Uh, potatoes, yeah, I like potatoes. Uh, do you do you like going to this activity? Sure, I, that sounds great. And then you know they, they they don't or they won't, and they just will say whatever they think you want to hear. It's like yeah, that'll shut you up. Or another form of passive aggressiveness is being. Uh, physically evasive and physically not available. Have you ever noticed that when it when it comes time to talk things through with these individuals, you look around and think, "Where'd they go?" Or they'll uh, they'll be out running errands. They'll say, "I'll be back in thirty minutes," and it's four hours later. It's like, what happened? It's like, oh, stuff came up. Um, and uh, another way that they can be passive aggressive is they they won't join you. If you want to be playful or they won't join you when you're in a good mood, it's like, why would I do that? That just reinforces that you're a nice person. I don't do that. Uh, or it could be that they'll give half-hearted efforts. Uh, again, do you see what I'm saying? The passive aggressiveness has so many manifestations and uh, virtually every one of those types of illustrations that I mentioned to you has a strong element of dishonesty and it allows them to go into that space of denial when you confront them and say, hey, is there a problem? It's like, nope, I don't have a problem. Uh, you must be the one with the problem. And so on and on we go. Now, when I'm dealing with people of a passive-aggressive nature and I'm trying to work with them in terms of getting to understand, you know, well, you know how we can manage this better, one of the things that I try to convey, and to what measure of success, that's a whole other story, but I try to convey, hey, look, anger in and of itself is not necessarily a bad emotion. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, none of us would get angry because we'd have nothing that would be thwarting us. But this is not a perfect world. And there are times when we're going to have some annoyances and frustrations and disappointments and irritabilities. And so when you feel anger, it can be your emotional system's way of prompting you to say, hey, let's address this so that we can move on to something more constructive. And healthy anger is intended to, uh, to uh, for the, uh, the person who's feeling the, the emotion. It, uh, the purpose of it is to say, I want you to treat me with better respect. Uh, 
or I want you to acknowledge my worth and my value and my dignity, and here's how I'd like for it to play out. Okay, that's a good message. Or in healthy anger, it can be your way of wanting to say there are certain needs that I have that are not being addressed, and here's how I'd like for those legitimate needs to be addressed, and it can be done in a constructive way. Or uh, in healthy anger, it's your way of saying I have various convictions and principles and standards that I need you to know about. And so, again, that's a very valid kind of thing. And in uh, when you're committed to a healthy form of anger, notice my tone of voice. I'm not being loud. I'm not being raucous. I'm not being accusing or condescending. It's like, I want to simply sit down with you as one equal to another and say, let's talk about how we can have greater coordination. Let's talk about how we can have greater harmony. But then that passive-aggressive person's like, what? <laughs> Harmony? Coordination? Uh, I, don't, I don't do that. On our website, survivingnarcissism.tv, we offer various courses. One of them is entitled, This is Me, Establishing Boundaries Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Inside each of my courses, I break it down into modules, and then each module consists of various lessons that have a video, written materials, and questions for personal reflection. And inside This Is Me, we talk about uh, defining who you want to be and then staying inside that definition. We discuss assertiveness skills, how to stay strong without being defensive. If you would be interested in, in enrolling in this course or any of the others that we have, go to our website, click the courses link, and you'll receive all the information for how you can enroll. I hope you would find them to be quite helpful. And now, back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. Let's go back to our understanding of narcissism. What is narcissism and how does it set a person up, frankly, in a very grand way, to become passive-aggressive. Uh, keep in mind, first of all, narcissism is all about one person wanting to control another person. Okay, with the passive-aggressive, check. <laughs> it's very control-based. Narcissism is all about having an attitude of entitlement. The passive-aggressive will say, well, check on that one, too. In narcissism, uh, it's defined by your self-absorption, your selfish nature, Okay, check <laughs> with the passive aggressive. It's me and me alone that I'm worried about. I don't care about you uh, other than watching you squirm. Uh, in narcissism, uh, one of the key uh, features of that is being manipulative um, and, and to the point where you actually like seeing people squirm or writhe in frustration. Okay, check on that one. Or another uh, ingredient of narcissism is wanting to be in the superior position and with passive aggressiveness, it's like, can't touch me, check, uh, you low life. Uh, another ingredient of narcissism is a very high defensiveness, and by that I mean an unwillingness to receive input from other individuals, check, that's what uh, passive aggressiveness is all about. Another ingredient of narcissism is a lack of empathy, check, check on that one. And you can see that the, the deeper a person goes into their narcissism, especially the covert narcissist type. This passive-aggressive form of managing anger is, uh, is just ripe for all of those elements of narcissism to play out. But then when you try to confront the narcissist and you try to say, hey, look, we're having a problem here. 
and th this this form of communication that you're using is not working the passive aggressive style gives them quote permission if you will to offer very predictable responses to you for example when you confront that passive aggressive person one of the predictable responses they may give is what <laughs> you're the one who's got the anger problem just listen to you and so they they play upon our culture's stereotype of anger uh, an angry person being the loud and raucous and yelling kind of person and they can point to you and say i don't do that so you're the one with the problem and of course they deny how all of this passivity has its own uh, anger elements but uh, no uh, they just predictably will just turn it right back on you or another predictable response when you try to bring them into reality is they may say hey eh, you're just reading way too much in the my behaviors you're reading too many psychology books or you're listening to too many YouTube uh, talks, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, quit, quit, you know, drop that psycho babble, will you? Uh, don't psychoanalyze me. And so they'll just throw it right back on them. They're very dismissive. Or another common response, if you try to pull them out of their passive aggressiveness, they may say something like, you just can't let it go, can you? <laughs> the, the implication is, you see, when I go into this passivity, I'll let it. Uh, I'll let my narrative be that I'm just not going to get into the anger. When in fact, well, I'm holding on to it. But we won't say that. And so, uh, when you confront, it's like hey, you just can't let it go. Or another thing that they might do is they might say, "You're just so judgmental." Gosh, get off my back, will you? And so uh, they can pick up on that. Or they may say, uh, "Would you just please stop?" When, of course, they're not stopping at all. They're going to continue on. And then another common response that they may give you if you try to confront them is, I got nothing to say, which, of course, is false because there is no such thing as no communication. They're saying a lot when they say nothing, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, gee. <laughs> and again, I go back and say, now do you understand why I mentioned that the passive-aggressive style of managing conflict is one of my least favorite topics? And I'm sure the same with you. So when we look at people who have this really strong inclination towards passive aggressiveness, and it's an extension of their own narcissism, and almost always there's a... Uh, a, a covert element to their narcissism. These people are deeply committed to presenting themselves one way on the outside, but feeling something very different on the inside. There are multiple insights that you'll need to incorporate as you try to figure out how to manage these individuals. And, and by the way, uh, one of the questions that's very common is, um, you know, people will say, well, Dr. C, can, uh, can people float back and forth between openly aggressive anger and passive aggressive anger? And the answer is yes. It's not so tight that you do only one and not the other. Uh, many will uh, go back and forth because sometimes people that have a strong passive aggressiveness eventually can blow. So it's, they're not mutually exclusive. But some of the insights we'll need to incorporate. First and foremost, let's understand that narcissism in general is all about finding a power base. 
Uh, narcissists are very authoritarian in the way that they think. And when I say authoritarian, it's like there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And guess what? I'm the one who gets to declare what's right. And if you come against me, then uh, categorically, that must mean you're wrong. There's no room for nuance. And there's no room for any kind of uh, realization that different temperament types and experiences and uh, backstory can lead people to have very different kind of reactions. It's like, nope, uh, I've got to stay in charge. I have to be in power. I don't want to get into that nuanced junk. And so uh, it, it's it, it's all about them maintaining power to the extent that they they dismiss so much other uh, that needs to be factored in. Another major insight that you want to maintain as you are trying to figure out how you're going to respond to these individuals, uh, the passive-aggressive style of managing conflict is very, and I can't underscore it enough, very fear-based. Um, it's, it's a strong defensive posture that they're establishing from the very get-go they, uh, the passive-aggressive has a very thick shield around them. They, they have this notion that says, you will not know me well. You will not know what's going on inside of me. Uh, I refuse to, uh, to lay open who I am. It doesn't work well for me. I don't trust people to the point that sometimes they're very paranoid uh, when others disagree. And so these are very fear-based individuals. And so every time they go into this stealth mode, what they're essentially implying is, I fear being real. I fear authenticity. And the sad thing is there might actually be good reason for them to have certain fears because these people almost inevitably were exposed to not safe people. And these individuals in their own past may have had really awful experiences where judgment and condescension and, and uh, shut down communication was in fact a part of their uh, personal history. So I, I can appreciate that. But then what they'll do is they'll generalize. Uh, well, since these people in my past did it, or these people that I don't like were, were not very pleasant, I'm just going to assume that everybody's that way. And they don't give you the benefit of the doubt, especially if you have a track record of letting it be known. I, I'm really wanting to work with you. They're too afraid to even uh, uh, entertain that thought. It's like, no, I'm committed to my fear and I'm, I'm staying with it. But they can't say it in those actual words. So it, it get, it's so habituated in them that it becomes kind of an un, a subconscious kind of a, a, a behavior. Uh, in addition, another insight to hold on to is part of the passive aggressiveness is a, um, an extension of their unwillingness to change. Narcissists are so self-impressed. They're so entitled that it's like, well, let's see, there's my way of thinking. Okay, that's enough. And, and so it's like, I don't need to change. If I have a problem, well, what it means is you slobs out there need to do the changing. And so they have very poor self-reflection skills. They're not introspective at all. Now, that doesn't mean they're not intellectual. Sometimes they can actually have some good intellectual comprehension of psychology or relationships, although uh, that's <laughs> a high percentage don't. But the bottom line is they're not self-reflective. They don't like to mull and think things over and ask, you know, what does this tell me about me? They don't do that in the least. 
And so for you to say, well, I'll help you in that, it's like, no, uh, you need to understand, I don't do that. Uh, in addition, we can uh, another insight we can incorporate is that for whatever strange reason, these people have actually made a commitment to their own contempt. Now, let that one soak in. There are a lot of things that I want to be committed to. I want to be committed to my uh, desire to be a person of peace. I want to be committed to, uh, to assertiveness, and that means clean interaction with other individuals and conflict resolution in a constructive kind of way. I want to be committed to, to love and goodness. And the narcissist is like, oh, I'm committed to my contempt. I'm, I'm holding on to it, and there's nothing you can say or do that's going to make me let go of that. It's like, why did you pick that one to be committed to? But that's where they are. Another awareness is when a person stays in this passive-aggressive rut, it allows them to play the victim uh, very commonly because, you see, their passive-aggressiveness, like I mentioned earlier, is going to elicit, more often than not, a poor response from others, and then they can come back and say, see, this is why I don't want to talk. See, this is why you make my life so miserable. Why would I want to engage with someone like you? And it's like, ah, you got me again. And so vagueness, ambiguity, uncertainty become tools in their shed that they uh, pull out from time to time. And it, it works for them because it confuses you. And then every single time you complain to them about how they're treating you, it's like, oh, there's more fuel in my tank because that proves to me that it's working. It proves to me that I'm having power. Let's keep this going. It's, it's insidious, isn't it? So as we examine this whole issue of passive aggressiveness as it relates to the narcissist and more commonly the, the covert narcissist, let's acknowledge you're going to have to drop the illusion that you're going to have a well-coordinated, constructive communication with that person. Uh, and, and I know that's counterintuitive to what you want, but there it is because a relationship is a two-way street and it requires that other person to play their role and they won't. And another counterintuitive thought that you'll have to um, uh, try to come to terms with is you'll have to build a certain amount of pessimism into your relationship with that person. Now, I know that most of us would say, well, I'd rather be optimistic. Well, but in this case, uh, passive-aggressive people tend to be so good at what they do that uh, as the years go by, they just get better and better. And so it's like, okay, I get it. I see it. I, I expect nothing other than that. And that, that way, when it comes, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. Uh, but then at the same time, you want to hold on to an optimism about your own understanding of psychological wholeness. Every time you see somebody acting that way, I'm hoping there can be this mindset that says, I, I, I choose not to go there and I won't. Somebody in this world needs to be a representative of healthiness and decency. And I'm going to be one of those somebodies. And so you want to remind yourself the way that I respond to anger or conflict or tension is going to give people a real good understanding of who I am and how I manage life. And I don't want to go that path. So here we are recognizing that this is a very unhealthy way of doing life, but nonetheless, they, they're committed to it. And uh, rather than thinking, well, I've got to make them change. 
Focus on the one person you can do something about and know that if a person remains committed to that pattern of, of life, uh, from time to time, you can still let it be known, I'm, I'm here, I'm available, I'm willing to talk, I want to be a safe person, but when they say, nope, I don't do that, then what it means is, well, then we're not going to have much of a relationship, which is why uh, trying to engage with a narcissist on a long-term basis is likely to have frustrating results. But nonetheless, uh, the greater emphasis needs to be on individualized healthiness, and that's where I'm hoping you can be. That's what we do here on Team Healthy. So I hope this gives you some good awareness of what you're dealing with. Like I say, it's so frustrating, but at the same time, I hope that it uh, prompts you to say, I'm going to go into the better, uh, better path. Watch what it looks like. Okay, Team Healthy, thanks for once again uh, uh, sharing your time with me here today, and I hope this gives you some good food for thought. We'll pick up on the next podcast and add more to it, and I hope that in, in doing so, it allows you to be a person of DRC, dignity, respect, and civility. That's what we stand for here on Team Healthy. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We're so glad to have you on Team Healthy.